Save the planet. Play with Lego. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Green with Bill Whittle and Scott Ott, and this is Right Angle, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. And I'm exaggerating a little bit in the headline there, but gentlemen, a story came across my desk yesterday that I thought was uh, just, just fascinating. Lego, and I, I didn't even know they were doing this, even though I, I spent my childhood playing with them and my adulthood buying them for my kids, and well, that's a, a, a Lego ripoff battleship over my shoulder there. Uh, but they had planned to try and uh, change their manufacturing technology to make their bricks out of recycled bottles. And uh, I, I couldn't believe it that Lego would actually do this. But as I said, they've dropped the plans. Um, the Financial Times called it a sustainability setback because those people are idiots. Um, but according to CNN, the Danish toy maker had spent years testing recycled uh, polyethylene tariff phthalate, P-E-T, as a more climate-friendly alternative to the, uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce this one, the ABS that they've used for decades to make their, their bricks, these very high-quality bricks. A uh, company spokesman told CNN on Monday that we have decided not to progress making bricks from recycled PET after more than three years of testing as we <laughs> found the material, get this, didn't reduce carbon emissions. And one of the reasons for yeah. that is all of the retooling required to change their production line. They they basically have to make Legos to infinity and forever and beyond to get any actual carbon reduction out of this. Uh, Bill, is this the first common sense environmentalism story you've run across and maybe ever? Well, <laughs> um, well, first of all, I think every every rational person can agree that the number one threat to the to the survival of life on the planet is the overabundance of Lego bricks. Uh, that is the feet, challenge. Yes. That's the challenge of our age, and we have to do something to rise to meet it. It's it's the moon. It's the Apollo program of the of the twenty twenties. Um, I used to put this down to just simple virtue signaling on the part of these companies, but I've seen so many cases where what what was what appeared to be virtue signaling had done them so much financial damage that you really just couldn't even justify it for that reason. Yeah. And I think the answer for all of these issues is, is this idea that your, your, your DEI score, your, your social progressiveness score significantly affects the amount of money that large banks will lend you and what your rates are and so on. And all of this stuff operates behind the scenes. I'd love to tell you this wasn't true. I'd, I'd nothing make me happier than to say it's just some nutty theory, but but it's it's provably accurately true. And so we now live in a world where um, where the ability to say that you're you're doing something uh, to make it carbon neutral or to save the planet is it's now it's like it's almost like a universal brand, Steve. And this is a self uh, self-perpetuating cycle because the more you hear it, the more you're tempted to believe it. Hmm. And I, I know that if you ask, um, I've seen many videos of young people, you know, basically saying, oh, you boomers messed up the world for us. The world is just so hmm. horribly polluted now. And, 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 and I'm looking at what I see off the coast of California and, and, and I just see the Pacific Ocean is spotlessly clean. Blue whales are, are, are making, a, my dad said, it, I know I'm, 
said this several times before. My dad told me, you will never see a blue whale and you will never see a bald eagle. And all of the poison rivers have been cleaned up and all of this stuff. So this idea that the planet is, a, is about to die is, is just plain nuts. And uh, Harrison Schmidt, the, the last, uh, on Apollo 17, he wasn't the last man up the ladder. He was the second to last man up the ladder on the moon. Got himself into a lot of hot water because he started looking at the data about what's actually going on with, with global warming. And he said, I don't see anything here that even remotely justifies the kind of hysteria we're seeing. And this person got up and said, we're not speaking for all geologists. You know, the, the earth is on the verge of extinction kind of thing. And he turned to her and he said, the earth is a lot tougher than you give it credit for, hmm. you know. She's a tough old bird. She's taken 65 million years ago, took a, 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 an asteroid the size practically of Manhattan and, and nearly wiped out all life, life on Earth. That's happened at least three or four times. I don't suppose that the emissions caused by the Lego factory are going to have much of an impact compared to Chiluxalub. And, and my point isn't my, – my point is simply this – it's not a question of temperatures rising or how much temperatures are rising or any of that stuff. It's the hysteria that's the problem. It's the hysteria. It's, it's the state of perpetual fear. Psychologists are seeing epidemics of, of, of young people having massive anxiety attacks because they've been told the earth's going to die in 10 years, and that was six years ago, and, and, and they're, they, they don't know how to cope with it, you know? And... And anytime I hear anybody or say or advertise, you know, either sustainability or good for the planet, I want nothing to do with it because, because it's part of, of, of a mass psychosis event, Steve, you know. It, and it's an engineered it, one. It is. And, and if, and there, are, I'm not saying there aren't problems. There are, there are problems with plastics in the ocean, but, 98% of the plastics in the world come from nine rivers and, and, and six of them are in China, two in Pakistan and one in India, you know? And, and so these problems are eminently solvable. The, the air in Los Angeles, the worst day I've seen in Los Angeles in the last 10 years is far better than some of the best days I saw when I got here in 1988. So, to some extent, obviously, the EPA and things like that deserve credit for cleaning toxins out of the environment. But once CO2 was declared a toxin, you now are saying we've got to reduce this poison that plants depend on for life, for which they exchange oxygen. And once you've made CO2 into a, a toxin... You can then do if you can if you can not only get people to believe it, but if you can legislate CO2 as a toxin, then you can control everything. You will control not only what is manufactured, you'll control how many cows there are, you'll control who gets to eat meat and who doesn't, and who gets to eat bugs, and guess I'm pretty sure they've got figured out which side they want to be on on that one. I don't want to say it's a conspiracy in the sense that there's some little guy in a basement somewhere with a radio antenna, you know, and Morse code just tapping out the, the, um, the, the, uh, the, the instructions for today. But George Carlin was asked about this, was on a panel show talking about this. It must have been 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And somebody said, there is no such thing as organized electoral fraud in, in the United States. And Carlin said, you don't need a conspiracy if everybody who's making the decisions are coming from the same universities, going to the same clubs, all part of the same 
all part of the same social circles, all living in the same bubble. He said, everybody's working towards the same objective. They can be doing it independently, but the result is a co not a coordinated effort, a, 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 a widespread effort. Yeah. And, <laughs> and when, when you think of all of these things that are catastrophic failures, like shutting down uh, oil production, closing pipelines, uh, this, this drive for electric cars, uh, all of this stuff, N none of it makes any sense in terms of carbon emissions. Costs more money to make an electric car, more carbon to make an electric car in China, all of the manufacturing things and ship it over here than a, than a regular emission domestically produced petroleum car. So it's not about the carbon is what I'm trying to say. It's not about the carbon and it's not about the atmosphere. It's about something else. And I think that large financial interests have decided that this is the best way they can get the population to do the things they wanted to do by labeling whatever they think is in their interest as, as earth-friendly, carbon-friendly, sustainable, and green, and anything that they don't like as planet-killing, murdering, you know, you're, you're going to kill the planet. It's a tougher planet than you are inclined to believe. And, and so... Well, I never liked Legos anyway, so I don't really <laughs> yeah. They were my favorite as a kid. But they always just struck me as pixelated structures. You know what I mean? That's the, that was the thing with Lego for me. It's always like oh, it's just it pixelated. For, for me, yeah, 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 it yeah. was uh, there there would be a thing I would want to build in my mind, and so I would go through the Lego catalog looking for the sets that had the pieces I need. And if I got one of those sets for my birthday or for Christmas, I would build the thing that you know, was on the box and the instructions. And then I take it apart and scavenge it for the pieces that I really wanted for, for my project. It was a, it was a lot of fun, but, um, Scott, what, what got me about this story, uh, the, the really just, just spoke to me for reasons I think I'll get, get to in the close here is that, uh, there's always been a, a quality to, to Lego bricks. They, they call it the clutch factor. And that's the way they snap together easily. They pull apart easily, but they don't come apart when you don't want yeah. them to. And, and, and part of that is... And the, they're indestructible. Yeah, part of that is the quality of the plastic that they manufacture there. And what they found out in this in their three years of probably very expensive testing of using these recycled bottles to try to make these bricks, they just couldn't replicate the clutch factor. Um, they found that, and this is a quote, the recycled plastic wasn't as durable and safe as ABS and didn't have the materials clutch power, which enables the bricks to, to stick together. And so here was Lego unwilling for once, I can't think of another company in recent memory that has done this, unwilling to sacrifice the quality of their product on the hmm. altar of environmentalism. And don't we need more of that? <laughs> it's funny. Uh, those polyethylene terephthalate chips you were talking about, the PET chips, um, are the same things that they use to make polypropylene rugs, for example. Um, so, you know, there are some qualities of polypropylene rugs uh, have that um, make them better in some use cases than polyester. However, most people agree polyester is usually softer. It feels nicer <laughs> to the touch uh, because it's not made of recycled plastic bottles. Um, but uh, polypropylene is has some stain-resistant characteristics. Uh, the point of all this is that uh, the problem with recycling from the beginning has been the market for the the materials that come out of the other end of that recycling process. It's one thing to say that we care about the environment, so we're going to gather up the newspapers and the glass bottles and the aluminum cans and the plastic bottles. You know, when I started the uh, 
doing recycling stuff, it was really mostly glass and, and aluminum. And then it was the plastic bottles, we're going to gather those all up, but you have to have a downstream market for that. And what they found was they were collecting huge amounts of these recyclables because everybody wanted to do their part. And, and then they didn't have a market for it. They didn't know what to do with the material because there weren't, there wasn't a pipeline to put that into where manufacturers were saying, yeah, we need that stuff. It's going to help us to make good products for people. And this is an example. I mean, it's not that Lego made a half-hearted effort. It looks like they put some serious R&D money into this yeah. to try to figure out how to make it work. But if you have ever used a non-Lego Lego, you know that there's a difference. It's, you know, I, I used to marvel at my grandmother who would go to the grocery store and she would always buy the name brand products. We're like, uh, you know, they were more expensive and like the, the kinds of, of green beans back then in a glass jar that she would get were this, this brand name. And then uh, every once in a while, things got kind of tough. Inflation was double digits. And so she would try out one of these non-name brand versions and, and everybody in the family would be like, oh, these are terrible. What did you do? Like, oh, well, we didn't get the name brand. I mean, there's a reason why name brands are able to charge more. And it's not just because, as, as so many cynical, you know, anti-capitalist people say, well, it's just the name. You're paying for the name. The name is a result of the product. They and earned so, it, yes. So Legos, the reason why Lego is the name when it comes to plastic building blocks and Duplo can suck their exhaust <laughs> is that they will is that nobody makes a, a plastic building block or whatever that material is like Lego does. And by the way, we are recycling them. Um, my son over the years uh, had quite a Lego collection and finally he got to the age where he was no longer playing with Legos. And we said, okay, well, we're going to create up all these Legos that we have here. There was a local business that started and this local business had birthday parties for kids or other kinds of celebrations, even adults if you wanted. And you could go to this place and have a party and build Legos. That was an experience that you could pay for. And so we sold all of Jonah's leftover Legos uh, to this company. This gives you an idea of how many Legos we had accumulated over the years. Used, undifferentiated in plastic crates. We had so many that they paid us $400. <laughs> And this was going back, you know, 20 years ago or whatever. And um, this, I don't know how many years ago this was, but we, we got $400 for the leftover Legos. So they can be recycled. My guess is they are passed down through families. They Absolutely. go to grandchildren. They, because they've got a half life of two hundred and fifty thousand years. I mean, oh, there's um, actually. Uh, so I saw this YouTube video years ago. I haven't been able to find it again since. But somebody wanted to figure out how many clicks. Lego bricks are good for. And so they built a little robot arm that took two brand new Lego bricks, snapped them together, unsnapped them. And every time it did this, it 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 uh, had a little LED counter that indicated counter. one more click. And the average number of, of snaps that Lego bricks are good for was about 30,000. It's, it's just you, you amazing. You can't wear and, these things out. And then here's the other thing that people don't fully grasp. Legos, uh, you could argue account for a lot of the people going into engineering careers and science careers and architectural careers and the building trades and all of this kind of stuff. The kids cut their teeth on that stuff. Some of them literally cut their teeth on Legos. <laughs> um, but, but playing with Legos, which was a joy for me when I was a kid, you know, I love sitting down and playing with Legos or Lincoln Logs or blocks, anything like that. 
taught me some basics about how to assemble things, how to make processes work, how to put things together. Um, and it even benefited me in unrelated fields, like in writing, like organizational structure in writing. How do you do that? You've got to have a mind for that. It teaches fine motor skills. And Bill did an episode a while back about how we're suffering in the medical profession for people who lack fine motor skills and can't do uh, surgeries because they don't have that kind of delicate control of their fingertips. So, Legos are providing a valuable service. I admire the company for, for taking a stab at turning polyethylene terephthalate chips into, into Legos, but I also think it shows uh, astonishing honesty for them to come out and say, look, it can't be done and still maintain the quality. Um, we're going to keep the quality. And uh, it's not that it's saying, hey, screw the planet, but it's just saying the, the benefit outweighs the alternative. And so we're going to keep doing this. I'm sure if somebody comes along and says, hey, I've got a new recycled material that's just as good as, as and has the clutch factor that you need, I'm sure they'd be willing to jump right on that. Before you close, Steve, yeah. I'd just like to point out, so there's no misconception, uh, that BillWhittle.com is, in fact, an environmentally friendly uh, green company because we recycle all of the video that we shoot uh, on, right. on writing every week. <laughs> we don't we don't burn a lot of carbon to buy extra drives to store these things forever. Once we get that show out, we just chuck it in the recycle bin and we we <laughs> empty that. And many times we'll chuck it in the recycle bin before we even edit it. It's <laughs> that's just the smartest move, just really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We we should, save energy. Yeah, and you know, that's, that's don't the problem. Enduring value is bad for the planet. <laughs> That's well, that's right. why we build so much planned obsolescence into our right exactly. angle shows. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, it's always fresh. You know, I was kind of surprised to read the story. Lego has always been uh, a, a, a little PC. Uh, for example, it, unless it's a licensed property like uh, a Star Wars set, uh, they don't produce any weapons. You'll never see a, a Lego minifig gun or a, a gun set it, it, it only comes to the star wars stuff and you never see an actual skin tone on one of their minifigures unless again it's from some licensed property all the 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 lego minifigs all have that that unnatural yellow skin and the reason yellow. they did that Sim simpsons yellow uh, yeah simpsons yellow is so that uh, it didn't represent anybody real and that any kid anywhere in the world could imagine themselves playing with that yeah. Lego. And that's okay. That's maybe a little PC, but I, I understand that. I respect that. So I really kind of expected them to go all in on the environmentalism thing, and they didn't. And let me tell you why I'm so relieved about that. Growing up as a, a teen in the 80s and in my 20s and the 90s, I got very spoiled. We all did. We lived in a world where everything kept getting better, and a lot of times everything kept getting cheaper. And it was just, it was a marvel. But now, if you want to buy a new dishwasher, it's not going to get your dishes clean. It's basically good for a rinse and a dry. Uh, clothes washers, uh, same story. Uh, they're not allowed to use enough water, and the, and the dishwashing soap isn't allowed to use the good stuff that actually gets your clothes clean. Um, cars, hardly anybody can afford a new car because the price is inflated so much because of all the environmental standards built into, into new cars. And so... I now live in a world as an adult where everything keeps getting a little bit worse and a little bit more expensive. And here is one company that's holding the line and saying, we aren't making things worse. Thank you for that. Now let's do it with cars. <laughs> that's your right angle on that. Brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. For Bill and Scott, I'm Steve Green. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next time.